Nope, we don't need to speed up the process. We don't need to nuke this. You know why? Because this is the non-microwave truth. I am CL Whiteside, and this is brought to you by Time of Grace Ministry. Something that I just wanted to point out that's been super cool, especially with the last few episodes of the podcast, are the comments that have been left on YouTube or TikTok and the biblical perspective that y'all have been sharing and using when, when leaving these comments, man. I appreciate it a lot. That's refreshing. That is so refreshing. And then I got to give a shout out to my man, Candy and Kevin. And there are some people that I have conversations with on social media from time to time. And the encouragement and the love that we've been able to have in, in conversations and our dialogue going back and forth has, has just been awesome. And sometimes, you know what? We don't even agree all the way. But it's just awesome because of the fact that we can have these conversations based off of God's word where we're all pushing ourselves to be better and more so more importantly, we're pushing ourselves to be in, in God's word and see what God actually says. Now, you know, anything in America, like when you don't when you disagree with somebody, they got to be an enemy. But like we're not enemies at all. In fact, we're, we're building each other up. So just I just had to shout out those gentlemen real quick and just be like, man, that's a refreshing blessing. That's a blessing because the enemy does not want that. He does not want that. But enough of that. Let's get into our first world problem today. We're going to talk a ton about mentorship and, and being mentors. And what does that look like? What does that mean on this episode today? So our first world problem question is geared toward that. And the first question that I have for you is, do you have someone that you call a mentor? Do you have someone that you call a mentor? And then the second part of that question is, if you do, what do you what do they mentor you in? Like, do you say they mentor you in business? Do they mentor you in relationships? Like what area of your life do they mentor you in? And then the third part of that question is, this: can you think of some biblical examples where there was a mentorship type relationship? Now, there are a few that popped in my head right away. Of course, Jesus and the 12 disciples, he was mentoring them to take over for his ministry when he left. I think about Abraham and Lot. Abraham was mentoring Lot in some form or fashion. I think about King David and King Saul. When when King David was just a, a shepherd boy, King Saul in some way was mentoring him. Now, mentoring doesn't always have to be like, this is what you do. Sometimes it can be like, this is what you don't do. And I feel like the spirit was guiding David to see like, all right, there are some things King Saul is doing. You bet not do it. Don't don't do it like that. And we could even think about like Naomi and Ruth in, in the book of Ruth. Or we could even think about like Eli mentoring Samuel to become a, a priest. And that's in the book of first Samuel. But what are some examples in the Bible? Do you think of like, man, that was a great mentorship or a great example of, of mentoring right there. And then I want you to drop it in the comments right now. Do you have someone that you call a mentor? And what area do they mention you from? I want to hear from you. Instagram or Twitter. My handle is championlife23. If you're on TikTok, drop it in the comments. If you're on YouTube, drop it in the comments. And this is our first world problem. It is dinner time. The title of our episode is Double Edged Mentor. And what makes this unique or where I got this idea from was a conversation with my brother not a brother from another mother but my actual brother we came out the same womb but not at the same time like we are not twins even though when we little people like are y'all twins no we're two day two years and six days apart but i'm being for real about that and in this conversation i think he asked me something like you know 
Do you have someone that you consider a, a mentor or do you have someone you feel like you give that title as mentor? And in our conversation, we kind of came to the conclusion or started thinking like the new acceptable thing in our day and age is for people to say like, you know, I have a mentor or my mentor was telling me that or my mentor said and just how many times people are willing to claim that they have some type of mentor. And if you think it to yourself, like, no, I, I would never do anything like that. Think about even those who um, have paid for consulting or pay to go to different conferences. A lot of times you're searching for some type of mentorship type relationship or actually that conference or that um, that that conference or that consulting is mentorship. So you think about it like that. And the first thing I just want to talk about on this episode is like, what is a mentor? A mentor is an experienced or trusted advisor. Like that's the definition. And I want you to think about this. Like, should you should you personally have a mentor? And I would say, of course, I, I think that every single person should have someone who is experienced or a trusted advisor that they can consult with that can help guide them. And I'm looking at Proverbs 27, verse 17. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. So, like, how are you going to get sharpened if you don't necessarily have someone mentoring you? And I think Proverbs 22, verse 6 kind of talks about this as well. It says, start children off in the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. So if you ever want to find some good mentorship lessons, Proverbs, man, they dropped some gems up in there. The Lord knew what he was doing. But but look at Proverbs. And then I think about this question of should you be your mentor? And I think about the reason I picked part of my my profession is like I kind of have these built in opportunities to be a mentor from being a coach, from being a teacher. And I know my man Ted would agree with me. He's probably on a walk right now. But just think about that. Do you consider yourself a, a mentor? Should you be a mentor? And I want to say like you are Rather you want to be or not, there's somebody watching you. There's someone that you have influence over. There's someone who in a lot of cases has looked at you as a trusted advisor or to have that experience. So they're going to come to you. And the Bible definitely teaches us, like, how should you be a mentor in this in this case? Titus chapter two, verse three through five tells us, likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicts to addicted to too much wine. But to teach what is good, then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. Similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled in everything. Set them an example by doing what is good in your teaching. Show integrity, seriousness and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned. So that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. Now, in my mind and something I just want to point out on this episode is like everything doesn't have to be official. Like, I don't think I'm really with that official thing. Like I have a mentor and they say, like, I really I don't that's not really my style. And I don't feel like that has to be your style either. Maybe it works for you, but that doesn't necessarily work for me. And I think about um, some of the positions or the opportunities that I have to mentor people. They don't call me like mentor. They call me coach. They might even call me. Unk. They might even come. Hey, big bro. But they call me little big bro. Like I got, I got somebody I want to run past you. Like those are opportunities to mentor, but that's not something where it's super official. And you got to have a title and you got to sit down and say, that's my mentor. Like, but if that works for you, I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying it doesn't have to be like super official like that. And I just want to think about, I just want you to think about today. 
in our world, in our society, in our day and age. Like, why do people seek mentors? And it's actually for a couple of different reasons I, I've been noticing. One of the reasons that people seek mentors are they want to shine. They want to have success. They kind of want to have that 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 instant gratification, something that can be right away. They oftentimes want to have what they feel like that mentor has. It might be a car. It might be money. It might be a, a certain type of status. And I think at times that can be a little immature in how you pick your mentors because you don't want to necessarily just try to look good in the same way they, they that they look good if you don't necessarily know their story and, and their reason and their why behind it. But hopefully if you do have the op- you do have the chance to allow them to mentor you and be one of their mentees, they can break it down to you on on how they got that thing, how they got that thing, that goal, that that's that stuff, because you don't want to just uh, pick someone for, for shiny stuff, for shiny stuff. And I started thinking, who in the Bible possibly did something like this? And I thought of the rich, young ruler who was like seeking in a way Jesus to be his mentor, Jesus to help him achieve his next goal. Because what did the rich young ruler want to do? The rich young ruler wanted to earn his own salvation. He wanted to earn his own salvation and he missed it. And my guess is he kind of looked at Jesus and was like, man, I'm a really, really good dude. I'm a really good dude. Like I keep all the commandments. I got a lot of money. Like ask people about me. I'm a great dude. But Jesus, something different about him. You know, he he has all the buzz right now. He has all the people following him. And I want to get to his level. And he kind of comes to Jesus and is like, you know, how can I get to the level that you, that you are? At? And he asked Jesus the question of like, how can I inherit eternal life? And Jesus is showing him and telling him like, that's what good mentors do. Like you are trying to do something that is unattainable by yourself. Like you cannot earn your salvation. You know how you get salvation is through faith in me. And the rich young ruler, he missed this. He missed this. And it says... It says in in Mark chapter 10, it says Jesus looked at him and loved him. That's what mentors do. They they love you and they give you the truth. And he told him the one thing he lacks. He says, the one thing you lack, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. And the mark of a a great mentor, and I'm going to say this is Jesus is the greatest mentor, is Jesus understood what he was truly missing or what he was truly lacking. He had made his wealth his idol. He had made his wealth his God. And a great mentor is oftentimes going to show you things that you might not be able to to see about yourself. And in Jesus's case, he, he showed him like, hey, what you're missing, you're missing me. And if you have me, you have everything that, that you truly need. And this man rejected. He rejected what was worth the most. And what is a great mentor going to do? A great mentor is going to uh, bring to your attention what is worth the, the, the most. And in our case, as Christians, what is worth the most? It is Jesus Christ's death and victory on the cross. And the gift that he has given us, which is eternal life and, and salvation. And this man was rejecting it. He was absolutely rejecting it. And when you get to be uh, more mature and and be wise, when you think about mentors and and mentorship, you want to grow in areas 
that aren't just superficial. You want to grow in areas that that really matter in terms of your character, that really matter in terms of your faith, that really matter in in terms of things that really matter, like people and, and, and family and friends. And you look at it and you say, man, I might want to network. I might want to grow in this area or, or have this goal. But the big thing that you're going to do when you have these type of mentors are you're going to listen. You might not even need to to have a conversation with them. You're going to observe and then you're going to apply or at least experiment and try to apply with the information and the knowledge that you have gained. So many times people listen and they don't do anything about it. But it's different when you listen, you observe, and then you actually apply it or you experiment to put it into your own form, form or fashion based off your personality, based off of who you are as a person. Because I think about it like this. On this episode of Double Edge Mentor, Double Edge Mentor, um, allowing people to mentor you is less about a person saying, hey, this is what you need to do. You got to do it this way. It's more about listening it's more about observing. It's more about applying and taking what they what you have heard or what you have observed and actually you doing it. That's what it's more about than than anything. Now, in this episode of Double Edge Mentor, there are some warnings that I want to talk about. And one of the big warnings that I want to talk about is that when you do have someone who is mentoring you, a lot of times you think like, man, they might just be mentoring me in this one category. But a lot of times categories are overlapping and they go hand in hand more than we can ever realize. And what I mean by that is you think that you might be observing them in a business uh, category, but you're actually observing them not just in business, but you're also viewing them and looking at them in the category of, of their relationships. And what I mean by that is, is like this. Let's say your mentor has a great, great business, but then he or she has a horrible marriage. That's having some type of influence on you, whether you, you like it or not. Now, let's say that's the, the case or the situation. If that's the case or the situation, you don't got to be all up in the business, but you do need to take note like, all right, they have a great business, but their family or their marriage is falling apart. So at the end of the day, they should be able to tell you why their marriage fell apart or you should be able to find out why their marriage fell apart. Or you might be in a, a state where you're like, I'm not getting married anytime soon, but you still should know so that you can be prepared for when this when this takes off. And I think about like when people talk about like money and business this and, or this, and I got to get more and more and more. You got to realize, let's say this person is a millionaire. You might be like, all right, that's cool. You a millionaire, but I'm good just being good in my city or my town. You know why? Because I'm not going to sacrifice some of the things that they're sacrificing. Like they have sacrificed their health. They have sacrificed their relationships. And something you never, ever, ever want to sacrifice is you're not sacrificing your faith. You do not want to sacrifice your faith at all. So those are things you got to be like, hold up, wait a minute. I don't know about it. I don't know about it. And these are questions where you got to ask, like, can you separate? Can you separate? So I'm going to give you some examples of, of things that I have seen personally. Like, all right, this person is a genius, genius sports coach, but their health is horrible. Like their health and fitness is, is horrible. So got to be able to separate that. Um, I see this person, they own their stuff. Like they are on their stuff. They are about their business, but they have no meaningful relationships. Or I see someone who's very, very successful as, as a business person, but then they're super janky as a spouse. Like those are the things that we have to be able to separate and know like, all right, they might be a mentor in this category, but I got to be super 
careful and super observant of not making sure I pick up the bad habits or the bad things that they do in the other category and, and forfeit the things that really actually matter. And I'm telling you things that you should never uh, forfeit or sacrifice. You shouldn't sacrifice relationships. You shouldn't sacrifice uh, definitely your marriage. Don't sacrifice your character. Don't sacrifice your health and do not sacrifice your faith. Don't do it. Just, just don't do it. Now, this is something that my brother mentioned when we were having our conversation and he, he talked about um, someone brought to his attention was like, all right, if you are a mentor, you should know a person in all capacities that you're actually mentoring. And the reason they, they gave this is because they said, all right, if one quadrant is going up or one quadrant is going down, that person should be able to check in the other quadrant to see like, all right, you might be going up in here, but you're going down the other way or you're going up here. You should also go up in, in this way. And I don't necessarily agree with that. I, I do get that. But I think it's hard to know a person in all capacities because like how vulnerable, how how open can we be? How much time do we actually have to to share all of this stuff so that the person gets to know us in every single capacity you know like a lot of us are a little reserved in that way but i do get what they're what they're trying to say and the big thing i just think about with that idea that philosophy is everything should go back and be rooted to god's word and god's truth and the gospel like everything should go back to, to that so it's not like you can have somebody telling you something and then you look at like, oh, that goes against what God's word said. That that's not good then. That's not good. Just because you're winning and you're sinning, you're really not winning. You're just sinning in the long run. Okay. Okay. All right. Now some overlooked components of the mentoring world. And I think we gotta just realize all of us have opportunities to mentor and to get mentored. Like God provides chances for us to to have that. And I think we got to just understand and something that I've realized with myself, like how many random conversations the Lord blesses me to have and so many different people that he puts in my life. Like it's not always titled. This is a mentorship conversation. But when you go back and you reflect and you take some time, you're like, oh, that was a, that was a very good conversation. That person was mentoring me or, OK, I had an opportunity to mentor to this person. And so many times as Christians, we overlook those opportunities to mentor or to be mentored. But you got to realize God gives us those opportunities. God gives us those chances. So, so don't run away from them. Embrace them. Love them. Let the spirit guide you through them. OK, now I just want to share some personal thoughts that I have when it comes to mentorship and, and mentors for me personally. Um, the first thing is this. Every relationship that you have is going to give you some type of advice like Every relationship that you have gives you some type of advice It's encouraging you, encouraging you to do something or to not do something. And I think about Proverbs one, verse five, it says, let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. So we got to be careful and, and just love the fact that we have the opportunity to listen and add to to our learning. Proverbs nine, verse nine tells us, instruct the wise and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. And, and my big thing, the second point that I want to give with this is like, I am a firm believer in not looking down on people and not looking up to people too much. So what I what I mean by that is sometimes people will have not the 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 highest title or some people are like, man, that person knows nothing. It's like, but when you actually have a conversation with people, especially people of lowly position, man, you can be amazed at some of the things that they can share with you in the way that they can mentor you and, and love you and encourage you that you don't even know if you have your nose up to the sky and you like this person. I can't learn nothing from them. 
Like, and at the same time, when you look up to people so much and you almost put them on this pedestal or you put them on this ladder where I've seen at, at times it's like my mentor does this, my mentor does that. When that person has a slip up or that person has a fall, those people's worlds become almost shattered. They almost become shattered and they act like Jesus let them down when it's like Jesus didn't let you down. This person let you down. This person is still a human. And even though they were your mentor, it might be your chance to mentor them now or to help lift them or help pick them up. And sometimes we don't understand that the mentor can sometimes become the mentee. And just just thinking about that from a, a different you don't want to get too high. You don't want to get too low. You don't want to look up to people too much. And you definitely don't want to look look down on people like. Because you miss out on so many opportunities. You miss out on so many opportunities. And thinking about those opportunities, I was just like, dude, I am rich. I am rich in the regards to how many different mentors that I have in my life. Like, I don't walk around and saying, that's my mentor. But I think about some of the people that I work with, like the principal at our school. I call him the wise one, like super wise dude that is mentor in some form or fashion. I think about the other assistant principal. I think about some of the other teachers that I work with. I think about some of my family members. I think about some of my friends. Like they definitely mentor me in, in one category or, or another. And it's that iron sharpens iron mentality and, and blessing that, that I have in my life. And it's one of those things where I think we have to pray about that more to allow God to open our eyes and to reveal this to us so that we aren't guarded in the wrong way. Because there are so there can be so many people in your life that are there to mentor you in one category. It might not be every category, but are there to mentor you in a specific category that the Lord wants you to grow in. Something else I just wanted to point out, too, is like we get so enamored by age. This is something that I have been blessed with. Man, I work with young folks. I work with teenagers. I work, man, even little kids sometimes like sometimes I will literally listen to them. And I can gain knowledge. I can gain wisdom from them. Like there are opportunities that they can even mentor me and they're supposed to be the ones getting trained. But they actually are training and blessing me like that's how good God is. Like God can speak through children. God can speak through teenagers for sure. And that age doesn't matter. And I'll give you another example. Like my brother, he's younger than me, but I might go to him and ask him some marriage questions or things of like that because he's been married longer than me. He has kids. I don't have kids. I mean, I got 900 at school, but I'm talking about really kids of, of my own. So that's just something where I look at like age doesn't always matter, but sometimes we put so much on age. And I know sometimes people are like 60, 70, 80, 90 years old, like I can't learn nothing from you young people. And it's like, you actually could, you actually could because, hey, this, this is how it is. And just going back to that, when I talk about younger and age really not matter, there are certain athletes that I admire, too. So, you know, I might pick their brain and be like, you know, I admire their worth ethic. I admire their discipline. Sometimes I'm looking at them like, man, what do your parents think about this or how did you do that? Because I want to see how they were raised. How did they get that discipline? Because it's like when I have a, a child one day, it's going to be like, OK, these are lessons that I'm taking. So it's like I can allow these people to mentor me, even though they are younger than me. And they might be answering these questions and not even realize, like, oh, I'm, I'm actually mentoring Mr. Whiteside, like. Because in their mind, they're just having a conversation. And that's that's how a lot of things can actually be be taken. And the beautiful thing about our world today is even if you have a horrible environment, you have a horrible environment where you feel like there are no mentors. We have technology. We have books. We have YouTube videos. We got so many different things where you can allow people that you never could touch to now speak to you because of a video, because of a book, because of technology like 
you can learn some crazy things on YouTube. Like you can learn how to be a, a sexy Christian husband on YouTube. You could also learn how to some crazy stuff like how to make a bomb. So that's where you got to be in the word to understand like, all right, is this something that's good for me or is this something that's bad for me? Now, something that I want you to do to, to wrap this episode up, man, I want you to shout out and say thank you to anybody who's mentored you. Like, man, go ahead and send somebody a text. Send somebody a text and just say, hey, thank you. And I appreciate you for being a mentor to me. Now, I think about it like this. There are so many people who spend their whole lives looking for direction. Sometimes that's you and me, right? Sometimes that's you and me. And we have to look at the fact like who is our best mentor? It is God and his word. So the first thing is we got to allow and, and be in the Bible so that the Bible can mentor us and guide us. And that's the greatest advice, the greatest advisor that, that we have. And the Bible talks about money. It talks about relationships. It talks about marriages. It talks about worth ethic. It talks about like how to be complete. And most importantly, it talks about the greatest gift that we have to be complete, which is Jesus's love. And the fact that Jesus has gifted us with, with salvation and gifted us with, with faith through that salvation. And when you think about it like that, you all of a sudden have a, a new way on how to move, new way to view things, a new perspective, because you are new through Christ. And that gift of love is something we need to hear about each and, and every day. So no matter if you're looking for a mentor, no matter if you are a mentor, make sure that you are are looking at God's word, being rejuvenated, being refreshed by that and never, ever forgetting the greatest gift that you and I have as Christians with our faith. And that's Jesus's love and the salvation and the grace and mercy that he has shown us. Because at the end of the day, who's the greatest mentor? I said it before. It's Jesus. Jesus. So think about that as a mentor. What do mentors do? What does Jesus do? Jesus has time for you. Jesus has the most knowledge. Jesus is willing to 100% invest in your growth. Jesus can be trusted. You know, some people can't be trusted. Jesus can be trusted. Jesus knows your strengths. He knows your weaknesses. And he knows you better than you know yourself. And when you think about that, God and his word, they are the greatest mentor for any and everything. And this is the non-microwave truth. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Double Edged Mentor. Peace punch, Captain Crunch. Say no to drugs and yes to Jesus. I am out.